Namaste, everyone. Welcome again for another compelling round of discussion on a topic which I all which I was always keen to follow and know about. In this episode, uh, we have with us uh, Mr. Anand Krishna, who is a lawyer, author, commentator. He has a deep interest in constitutional law and follows the politics and culture of Kerala very closely. He has been uh, the guest on many prominent podcast channels such as Bharat Varta and Vaat uh, by Arjunt uh, uh, Pavaria. Uh, welcome, Anand, to Vidhuru Watch podcast. Namaskaram. Great. So, uh, today's topic deals with the communism in Kerala and its evolution to become a greater political force in the state. And we'll also discuss about uh, the, the current state of polity of Kerala. So, Anand, you know, before beginning the session, uh, let me give my view and observation on the Keralaite society. You know, so... I, I, I have a couple of good friends from the state and they came across as, you know, very, you know, cool guys, you know, let me be very honest. And then thanks to social media, I realized that Kerala somehow since its early days understood on how to, you know, coexist with different groups or uh, you can say they made certain compromises or adjustments with it. Although it had a share of its brutal past where, you know, Abrahamic forces did cause uh, lots of violence as they were waging the war of conquest in the medieval times, uh, till the last major violence which happened in in Mopla, uh, of Mopla riots, post the Khilafat movement. And then we saw the post-independence and the abolition of the monarchy. We saw that there was this rise of communist suddenly in the state, which became, again, a very you know, strong political force and in fact gave its first chief minister by the name of uh, EMS uh, Namud, uh, 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 Park. Uh, and he was the first communist chief minister of the state. So uh, now, without further ado, you know, let me start with you, Anand. Uh, are my views right on, on, on Kerala? Yeah, so I would say that, yeah, as you said, you know, Kerala was from the beginning onwards, from the late, I would say from around the, even before the uh, 12th century, I mean, the Cheras were very prominent in Roman trade, right? Just like the Pandyas and the Cholas. But unlike the Pandyas and Cholas that waged a lot of conquest wars, the Cheras were very much protected by the, by the Sahyadri, by the Western Guts, right? So they did not they did not partake in a lot of the conquest sort of thing that the Pandyas did vis-a-vis the Cholas or the Cholas did vis-a-vis the Pandyas. It was and other than the 11th century when you know Rajaraja Chola etc. Rajendra Chola etc. invaded Kerala, Kerala's the region that we now call Kerala, the Cheradesha, right? That area was more or less inclined to make money out of trade. And uh, so you see that uh, the obviously when trade is prominent, certain minority groups are, uh, or my minority groups in the sense, certain trader communities always pop up. So which is why you see that, you know, there were Jews, there were Christians, there were Muslims, all Arab, Arab Muslims from the 7th century on who frequented the ports of Kerala because, you know, pepper, timber. So that's how Kerala was a trader community. Kerala was always prominent in the trade networks of the world, right? Especially because of the ports that we had at that point in time. Panani, what is now called the Panani port was very prominent. Calicut was a very prominent port until the late 70s. Uh, Kochi is even now a prominent port. So we had, we had that incentive, right? We had that... Uh, we had that very strong links to the trader community. And it, it, the, the metric of how the intra-communal relationships changed, I would say, 
started with uh, you know how the how you you just mentioned the mopla riots i would say that we were untouched by the turkic invasions right by the pure islamic islamic turkic invasions that riddled the country from you know from 9th century onward we faced some of the heat when uh, say madurai was invaded but even then malik kafur did not step foot into what is kerala right so there were skirmishes obviously but there was never a prominent uh, islamic invasion or is the invasion by an islamic sultanate until the until the invasion of hyder ali and tipu sultan in the 18th century so i mean i don't want to delve into the history of that and it, it is a very interesting topic right how the in communal relationship in what is now malabar or what is now kerala changed because of hyder ali and tipu's invasions and the consequences of that which includes the mapla rebellion by the way the conversions that took place during tipu's reign in malabar is very much the cause or very much the uh, progenitor of the mopla rebellion as well but i mean that would go into a lot of communal relations and i think that doesn't really help us understand communism true the true the the way we can understand communism is through understanding how different the caste society or caste system in kerala was right first thing that we need to uh, keep in mind is that again i don't know the sociological or the theological reasons behind this but the hindu kerala society in uh, hindu society in kerala had brahmins which were the nambudris right and they had a community called the ambalavasis or those groups that reside in the temple ambalavasi right uh, who were like the you know a tier just below the brahmins but were not socially or politically prominent and then you had the nayars which were the basically the aristocrats who functioned in the kshatriya role but they were essentially they were though they were classified as shudras right and then there were the iravas or the tiyas also known and also the billavas which are now in karnataka right the tulu uh, uh, area all of them are the same social group or considered to be the same social group which you can call the peasantry or the upper peasantry something like that right the yeah, peasant yeah. class yeah but they were not shudras they were avarnas right they were not they were not classified within the varna system because only the brahmins and the shudras existed within the varna system there were oh. no there, there were no kshatriyas and there were no vaishyas right okay. so the the and the caste system in kerala over time became extremely rigid and uh, extremely rigid in the sense that um again uh, i'm not a uh, very qualified person to go into the sociological reasons behind this but uh, the 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 system of aitam the system of untouchability was very very much enforced and very much rigid right and especially among the dambudri community they became very insular due to their own sociological constraints so uh, and it resulted in a lot of uh, what do you say um, a rather very a rather insane set of caste norms right about how much distance you should keep between the castes uh, you know uh, how much uh, how much of a, uh, how much length there should be between one person and the other person depending on their caste and a lot of uh, rules surrounding these uh, systems of untouchability yeah. so this and this was one part of it the other part of it the more prominent part of it is how the trivandrumpur government the travancore government functioned right the travancore uh, for those who i mean i'll just give an introduction to kerala geography as well uh, kerala the northern part of kerala is called malabar it was dominated by the zamaran of calicut uh, uh, for a while and then the middle part is called uh, uh, the kochi kingdom or the uh, or uh, what is now ernakulam right the kochi kingdom which was dominated by the kochi, uh, kings of kochi and then the this is travancore part which is the southern part of kerala so 
Travancore was the most prominent kingdom in the 18th century onwards due to the efforts of uh, Marthanda Varma, right? Uh, so Marthanda Varma is actually the modern creator of Travancore and he is the reason that uh, Travancore exists as, existed as a modern nation politic for a long time. So he, um, so in that kingdom, the from the 19th century onward, when it came under the suzerain of the British after the invasions of Tipu, after the Anglo-Mysore Wars, uh, the prominent sections of bureaucracy was dominated by the Tamil Brahmins, right? So much so that it resulted in a Malayali memorial being submitted. Basically, they petitioned the Malayalis, uh, the, the Travancoreans petitioned the Travancore king that there are not enough Malayalis in office. You are favoring, uh, what do you say, Tamil Brahmins in your Tamil office, Brahmins, yeah. resulting in a lot of, yeah, sorry? Tamil Brahmins. Yeah, Tam Brahms and uh, Tam Brahms <laughs> in, uh, especially in upper echelons of the bureaucracy, which resulted in this built-up resentment, which is how you see the Malayali Memorial coming about. Then later on, this Irava Memorial about why there are uh, asking, there are not enough Irava recruitments into the government service. So it is from there that you see the social sort of movement starting, especially, you know, once, you know, the sections of society could easy, more easily access education, partly due to the reforms of the British, from what I understand, and partly due to the reforms of the Travancore kingdom itself, right? So as a result of which, you know, there was greater and greater push for uh, egalitarianism, right? To act, to equal access to a lot of opportunities, yeah. which resulted in the... Um, uh, social reform movements, right? And it is from these social reform movements that you see communism sprouting up. I'm sorry, I'm going the long way ahead, but I just want to give the full social context. No, no, not a problem. So, this uh, is important, actually, because to understand how the society basically evolved, you know, with, with the times and how the rigidity actually caused the society to basically break up or where this idea of, you know, as you said, the egalitarian, the, the equality, uh, it, 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 it actually, you know, I mean, for me, this sounds like a, you know, uh, communist propaganda sort of thing where, you know, people subscribe to these utopias. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah, please continue. Yeah, so the, uh, so this resulted in the social movements, the Vaikyam Satyagraha, the Guruvayar Satyagraha, so on and so forth, right? So it is actually the prominency of a lot of the communist leaders come from their active participation in these struggles, right? So A.K. Gobalan, which is uh, who's the one of the most prominent leaders uh, of the Communist Party. Of the, in fact, he was the actual uh, unofficial leader of opposition in the 1952 uh, Lok Sabha, right? The first Lok Sabha, because officially they couldn't be leader of opposition because ev everywhere else the Congress swept for obvious reasons. But the communists won enough seats in Kerala and across what is what became Kerala and the rest of the country to have A.K. Gobalan elected as its leader. And he was the unofficial leader of opposition as well. So A.K. Gobalan was an active participant. A lot of the other communist leaders that even, uh, uh, other Congress leaders who eventually became communists were actively participating in that. And they a lot had a lot of credibility. So that credibility got transformed into the Congress Socialist Party, right? The CSP, which is has its own subgenre of history, which again is way beyond the scope of this uh, episode or my own expertise as well. So that CSP gradually transformed into the more and more uh, into the Communist Party. So uh, obviously this was uh, triggered by the October Revolution, right? The consequences of the October Revolution and how the Indian intelligentsia, especially the Malayali, Malayali intelligentsia started viewing it. Because socialist views had become popular in, 
parts of North Kerala, Malabar in uh, 20th century itself. And when the October Revolution happened and the successful success of Lenin and the success of Lenin, especially against the imperialist forces. And let's be very, very clear about this, right? Because whether we, when we view it back then, especially if you're a, somebody on, on the right or somebody center right even, and you look at the October Revolution and things like that, you'll be, you, you will feel that that was, you know, bad or that was not good. But we should understand the social context in which this was happening, right? We were, the, the Russians uh, or the native Russians were fighting against the aristocrats of Russia and which were being assisted by the imperialists, right? Very clearly the British, uh, the French, uh, and every other Western power out there that wanted to, you know, that was subjugating India. So obviously your allegiance do not lie with the imperialists. Your allegiance lies with the native Russians. Uh, whether or not they were fighting the aristocrats or not, didn't matter to you because they were fighting for the, fighting against the imperialist forces. So that sort of triggered the idea of, uh, I think, in fact, um, Malayalam was the first regional language into which, uh, Malay Indian regional language into which uh, Marx's works got translated. I'm not sure of that, but I think that is so. And it gained a lot of popularity, right? Who Marx is. And uh, that gained a lot of popularity, which resulted in the CSP gradually transforming itself. It, it started dissociating itself from the broader Congress movement due to the issues that obviously happened up to the lead of World War II. So that eventually resulted in the CSP becoming the CPI, right? The Communist Party of India. And that Communist Party of India, as I said, had a lot of credibility because the second rung leaders of the Congress movement in Kerala, all of them, almost all of them were socialists. All of them became communists. And, and due to the social reform movement's inherent capital that it had acquired during the uh, 30s, 20s and 30s, that led to a lot of people migrating into the CSP. We should also take into account the fact that the CSP formed a lot of Karshaka Sangams, which is basically agriculture unions, right? which uh, allowed them to have a lot of on-ground participation and credibility where others didn't. And because the Congress was reluctant to involve itself in the movements against Janmitam, which is the landlordism of Kerala, right? That resulted in even more credibility for uh, the communist movement among the, um, let's say the peasant class, right? The broader peasant class, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that credibility, itself transformed CPI into a stronger and stronger force over time, right? Because it, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over the course of 10 years as CSP and then another 20 years as, or 10, 15, 10, 15 years as the Communist Party of India. And the, the, one of the other reasons that it got so much viability, any political movement, any political movement or any political ideology requires martyrs, right? It requires yeah. the sacrifice of some for the many, right? So I don't, I feel like I'm being too intellectual in this, but <laughs> this sacrifice of what happened during uh, something called the 19, in 1946, there was a struggle against the reforms that were introduced by C.P. Ramaswamy Iyer, who is uh, again, a Tamil Brahmin, by the way, a Tamil Brahmin Divan of Travancore, right? Okay. And yeah. he was a very controversial figure in history. And he continues to be a very controversial figure because he had a lot of progressive ideas and movements and uh, 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 supported a lot of things. In fact, on an aside, I wrote an article about uh, uh, one of the movements uh, about uh, Ken Panikir, who is the father of the library movement in Kerala, right? And uh, C.P. Ramaswamy Iyer actually actively supported it. And I was hounded online for not mentioning that C.P. Ramaswamy Iyer 
killed thousands of people in, during the punapra vilastag but um, so he is considered by the communists to be a sort of proto hitler at that point right in 1946 oh, that's quite yeah. a divergent so, uh, you know views yes. about <laughs> okay so yeah so he, he so what happened is that the uh, travancore uh, wanted to uh, reform itself into a more presidential system of governance so it resulted in a lot of fun slogans in malayalam against that right against you know uh, the us presidential system and stuff like that but what happened is that due to and there was a peasant struggle at that point in 1946 called the punapra vaila struggle and that is where a lot of credibility for the communist movement actually comes because a lot of the peop- a lot of innocents um, i don't know the number i'm not going to hazard a number and say 1000 and get hate from either side but there were definitely deaths definitely unforgivable innocents died in that struggle but what the role of the communist party was and what whether the communist party leaders uh, you know actively facilitated those deaths and ran away from the uh, firing squad etc is a different debate altogether but there were deaths which led to even more credibility for leaders that you you know leaders like vs sachidanandan by the way who participated in the punapara vaila struggle and a lot of leaders that participated in alapura during that punapara vaila struggle they got a lot of credibility because um, uh, they were actively fighting against something that the masses of the people disliked so that sort of credibility increased and the social and political movements that the communists supported only led to more and more people being attracted to the ideology right because we have to frame it correctly right the congress did not and did not want to interfere actively in social issues because they were being dominated at many levels by the upper castes right by the nayars right and their credibility was nationalistic in nature while the communists looked not just to imbibe nationalism in many ways but they also looked to project the strength of uh, um, what do you say uh, of social issues right trying to actively interfere in social issues as well so both of those things resulted in a lot of credibility the communists and uh, and that is why you see that in the 57 general elections the first general elections for ik kerala by the way they actively involved themselves in the ik kerala movement as well and uh, they actually ik kerala meaning united kerala they wanted for the uh, creation of a united kerala uniting travancore cochin and the malabar district of madras so they by actively pushing for that they also gained a lot of credibility among you know people because you are actively pushing for the state to be formed on linguistic lines right so that was also there. there there was some credibility from that as well so all of these things uh, created a perfect storm in 57 and the entry of malabar in some ways changed the dynamic because travancore cochin by then had become a single state and uh, travancore cochin had uh, a congress governments for a while right they had independent they had elections till 56 57 obviously right from 47 onward uh and there were popular assemblies in uh, uh, travancore and cochin starting from 1920s or so so they the congress had built up a lot of power till had been governing many parts of what became kerala till 57 but the addition of malabar as well as the credibility that the communist movement had towards actual social reform after independence the biggest question became social and political social and uh, let's say property reform right land reform they had a lot of credibility on those aspects yeah, right because and that is why you uh, see yeah because because you know i remember when uh, the first chief minister of kerala came he he first initiated the agriculture and land reforms and i think they were good reforms that 
I mean, that provided you know, Keralaites with, uh, you know, like, uh, uh, I would say an equal distribution of land among themselves, especially the agricultural land. And I think, as you said, I mean, uh, the Communist Party really did understood the social issues and they kind of uh, tried to, you know, uh, 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 take it to a logical conclusion. And they did that, which I think the Congress was failing to do. Uh, as you said, I mean, uh, they were quite nationalistic in their favor, but but they failed to understand the different uh, quality of different states, what sort of social issues they have, and how to basically, you know, kind of uh, create a cohesion or create uh, a unity between them so that, you know, th there is no more kind of, you know, uh, uh, a breakup among themselves where the society itself implodes into, 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 uh, into, into something else. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, countries, uh, by the way, I just wanted to put a disclaimer there. The land reform that they initiated in 57, 58, that actually was unsuccessful and okay. uh, eventually led to the uh, eventually led to the dismissal, first dismissal of an elected state government by Nehru under Article 356, right? <laughs> but, uh, and eventually the land reforms were completed by a, later on by a CPI Congress government with CPM in opposition. So, okay. yeah. Uh, <laughs> That okay. is a very interesting side note. No, actually, so, I mean, they lost the government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, yeah. So this is how in '57 they actually won, and when they won, it was a revolution, right? It was the first elected state uh, government in a democratic republic. I think Malta had a democratic communist government at that point or something. Mal not Malta. I forgot some Italian city state, but okay. uh, San Marino, I guess. But it it. It, it's, I mean, governing San Marino is very different from governing Kerala, which is a you know newly independent country having a communist government, and Nehru being you know famously, you know neither here nor there on communism, right? So within the country, right? Not outside. Obviously, we know where his allegiances lied outside the country, but within the country, he was very very indecisive on that matter, and it was actually Indira Gandhi who pushed uh, for the dismissal of the state government after. So this is this is actually where you see actually I'll just uh, talk about the liberation movement in like a two minutes right yeah, yeah. so what happened is when the communist government was formed when the 50s 1957 when the communist government got elected they obviously had a huge mandate and their mandate was used by the communist government very effectively they proposed serious social reforms educational reform and land reform now the educational reform and the land reform completely cut at the root of what the church was doing, right? And what the Naya Service Society was doing, which is the caste organization of the Naya community. They were very much opposed to the educational reforms that they were trying to bring about. And obviously the land reforms as well, though cannot be said out loud at this right. point, especially. Right. <laughs> but uh, uh, they they opposed the social educational reform on the idea that it cut not just the rights of rights under Article 29 and 30, which is the rights of minorities with respect to educational institutions, social educational rights, but also with respect to their autonomy, right? Because the education, the bills that they proposed by Joseph Muntasheri, Professor Joseph Muntasheri, who was the education minister in the EMS government, it struck at the autonomy of minority educational institutions to employ their own teachers, what syllabus they taught, and so on and so forth. This resulted in the formation of the Vimochana Sandaram uh, committee or the liberation struggle, right? Where the Congress, the all the 
other parties. The, there was a Praja Socialist Party at that point, which is a faction of the Congress that felt that Congress wasn't socialist enough and Communist Party is too communist. Communist Party is too socialist. So the Praja Socialist Party, right by Patantanu Pillai, and a lot of other political parties came together, formed a joint committee of opposition, chaired by Manatul Patmanabhan, who is the uh, godfather of the NSS, um, who was a very important, who played a very important role in the social reforms in the uh, 20s and 30s. And they basically, all the Catholic Church, the Muslim League, the, the Muslim League was there, by the way, by the way, uh, the Indian Union Muslim League, all of them came yeah. together and formed a simple, singular liberation struggle committee to fight against the reforms introduced by the communist government, which resulted in the, uh, what do you say, uh, eventual death of a pregnant woman, I think a 17 or 21 year old a pregnant woman called Flori in Alapura during the police firing. Oh. These, struggle, these protests, right, that resulted in our death, which led to even more of the protest cycle repeating and uh, eventually until Indira Gandhi convinced Nehru to use Article 356 to to uh, dismiss basically uh, dismiss the first elected communist government. And this is a seminal moment in Kerala politics where the communists lost, like they, they lost power, right? And the subsequent elections, the Congress won. Mm. So there was at, at, it is at that point that you see the two forces in Kerala emerging, the com reforming communists on the left, broadly speaking, let's just call the broad tenant reform communists at the left, and yeah. the big tent opposition to communism, right? Okay. So this is how the dynamics of Kerala politics have been, I would say, until the latest elections, or I would say in the last two election cycles, this is the broad framework in which the en entire election framework has worked. The state elections have worked. The reforming communists, or the communist movement on one side, and the anti-communist side, which is only held together by the fact that they are anti-communist. So, which is why these two, uh, this is how you see the, uh, uh, what do you say, the Kerala, Kerala politics shaping up. So, even, I mean, the Vimochana Samaram is a seminal moment in not just Kerala politics, but in Indian politics too. Because it, you know, obviously the use of Article 356, right? right. And then you see uh, how it changed. Uh, I mean, I don't want to go into the constitutional history because that's also an yeah. interesting topic for me. But yeah, this this is how you would say the first part of Kerala politics until 57 or 59 shaped up. So interesting. Uh, so yeah. uh, I mean, I have one question, you know, here that what sort of uh, reforms they were trying to bring in education, like uh, what what sort of issue they had with with the edu education system which was there in the Kerala, and what communist uh, party was trying to bring and why, uh, you know, uh, the other uh, political parties and other social groups kind of opposed it. Uh, what was in it that, you know, that kind of spooked everyone in, in, in Kerala? I would say the most important thing I would say was the control over aided institutions. They, the school, the amount of control that uh, the state governments had were limited at that point, but the communists proposed that they have greater control with respect, not just with respect to appointments, but the syllabi taught and oh. uh, the autonomy of the educational institution to regulate fees as well, I believe. So okay. all so, these issues that's were going important. towards and this, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 please continue. This led to a very important Supreme Court case as well, by the way, on Supreme Court 
I think it's one of the first uh, Somoto Supreme Court judgments in Ray Kerala Education Bill. So okay. they challenged it even when it was a bill, I believe. So it, it led to very interesting conclusions about where you see the jurisdiction of Article 29 and 30 also starts there. So it's very interesting, right? These developments actually lead to some of the major issues that the right is concerned with as well. Okay. So so basically, I think I think the communist government was going uh, to that phase, you know, where they kind of include the uh, uh, communist propaganda in the education system itself and control it very tightly, you know, among themselves. Uh, So yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Thank God for that. that, Yeah. That was the that was the propaganda by the liberation struggle movement i uh, that the communists would like to say that was the propaganda that was initiated by the liberation struggle movement that you will only learn about communism about the october revolution and you won't learn about nehru and stuff like that so okay, okay. <laughs> interesting is interesting nehru and gandhi let's let's be very clear gandhi was still a big deal then yeah yeah true that he was a big deal no doubt in that so, uh, on a, you know, uh, I I had this question in my mind uh, always that as to how come uh, majority of Kerala Hindus started supporting communism, and uh, though I understand the social issue, issues you know which happened and why communism gained the prominence, but still how uh, you know uh, uh, Hindus were because you know the problem with communism is that communism delinks you with your roots, with your culture, with your roots, uh, whether that has happened in Kerala and if it is happening, how come Hindus are not able to raise their voice against it? You know, how? I mean, how this works? So the first thing that we need to keep in mind is that many of the communist leaders that were very prominent, Yemas Nambudri part is a Nambudri, by the way, a Brahmin, Kerala Brahmin. Uh, A.K. Gobalan uh, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a member of the uh, Naya community. A lot of the prominent leaders of the communist movement at various levels were Nayas and upper castes, aristocrats, etc., etc. So that is one thing, right? The, the Even though you would say that the Nayas broadly opposed communism, uh, they there was many sections among them that actually supported the Communist Party. Uh, and especially in Malabar, that was very prominent. Right. Uh, So that is one aspect of it. But more broadly, I would say that the communist movement diluted itself. The way that we conventionally view communism is that, you know, they they have this view that religion is opium. Right. And that, you know, religion should be uh, removed from the broader framework of society. But as you see in Soviet Russia, where they, you know, sort of cooperated with the Orthodox Church, they had a... A similar dynamic with Kerala Hindus in the sense that obviously the institutional strength of the Orthodox Church vis-a-vis the institutional strength of the Kerala Hindus are different. But the the framework in which it existed, right? There is this very famous saying of EMS Nambudri part that yes, communists are atheists, but we are not opposed to religion in itself. We are not opposed to the religious people in itself, right? We are not opposed to the practice of religion in itself. Okay, interesting. So they, yeah, so they did not view they did not view the communists in Kerala did not view themselves as being uh, there to create atheism, right? Obviously, there were revolutionaries within their groups. I am sure that wanted to radically transform society and destroy all forms of religion and whatnot. But they were very real politic, right? The communists, especially after they got uh, tossed out in fifty nine and they lost the subsequent elections, they were very much in real politic and. 
that real practice of real politic allowed them to enhance themselves in the eyes of the society of kerala very much and you must see that even in the 57 elections one of the prominent issues that were was being raised was he actually relating to shabrimala itself the shabrimala uh, dharmashastra temple itself where there was an issue of the temple being desecrated in 56 or 57 or so 55 or so and uh, the communists actively campaign on the front of en- establish an enquiry committee about it oh, there is an active uh, it was under the ems government that an enquiry committee was established and a report is there which kind of sort of blames uh, a christian family that was in the region oh so anyway for uh, what i'm trying to say is that they always had the ability to co-opt hindu issues because they did not dealing themselves from the culture and society of kerala and even today where you see a very different communist party you will see that they participate in i mean uh, very controversially so there's been a lot of issue about this we can come to it later but very they participate in the conduct of theyams right which is the ritualistic temple dance i would say oh uh, yeah 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 i have seen in, i have seen them i have seen them in, yeah. in malabar they yeah. actively participate in the affairs of the temples so it is not as if they have they have they are great practitioners of real politic they actively engage with the hindu community of kerala and the hindu community of kerala due to various issues within themselves and uh, fault lines and problems have cooperated with the communist party at various levels and continue to cooperate with the communist party right um so the, the, i i would i don't want to go too much into the uh, sociological this thing of why the upper caste and the brahmins and the elements of the this thing support the communist party because that's a different question altogether True but that. broadly speaking broadly speaking i'll just say that the hindu community was successfully co-opted by the communists because they didn't they did they they knew that there was nothing to be lost right right and, absolutely uh, and well when i mean of course hindus were in the majority so how can you you know do a politics which goes against their own culture and their own interest and how can you expect to win the state itself or how can you expect uh, your party becoming a dominant political force in the state party so that absolutely makes sense again you know this again uh, comes to uh, a point where political ideologies uh, changes uh, yeah. with 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 the politics i guess because let's for example let's let's take china now communism the kind of communism which they are practicing is is very different from as you say the karl marx propounded i mean they are to, i mean more than communism it's, it looks more like a state communism uh except that you know they kind of delink themselves from their roots and cultures which you know xi jinping you know again brought i'm sorry i'm diverging with the topic but i i just wanted you know i guess to understand as to you know how the political ideologies changes with the society where it functions or where it tries to grow and uh okay uh, so so let me stop here you know maybe i i i'll again you know continue on this topic more but mm-hmm. uh as you know com- communist co-opted with the wider hindu organizations or caste groups in kerala what suddenly changed in past few years with the kind of you know started co-opting with the uh, with the islamist group and i'm not saying i'm against that of course they are they are also a part of society so you have to also deal with them you also have to make certain adjustments but 
I see a kind of, uh, you know, a fanaticism entering in the Keralaite Muslim society and communism kind of, you know, the current communist party kind of, you know, providing uh, a subtle support to them or not taking uh, the fire. actions which they took. Sorry? Providing cover fire. Yeah, cover fire. Yeah, true that, true that, true that. So how did it happen? And are we witnessing any sort of change in the in, in the attitude of the Communist Party uh, vis-a-vis the Islamists? Not the Islam, but the Islamists. So coming to the question of how communists dealt with Islam. So there was always, you know, you, or, I mean, broadly speaking, just quote, just like you pointed out about China, there was always this uh, interoperability between communists and Islamists, even in Middle East, right? the Ba'ath Socialist Party and so on and so forth. But in Kerala specifically, the communists actively did not actively did not collaborate with the Muslim League for a while because they were the untouchables from both sides. Nehru actively opposed, even though the local Kerala unit wanted to ally themselves with the Muslim League, Nehru actively opposed it. And it was actually the communists that for the first time uh, took them into government in the Sapta Kakshi Munani of uh, 1967, which is the seven party union that came to power in 1967 number okay. part second term okay so when the muslim league was actively promised a, a, a place in the cabinet but they only were given a place i mean they deterred and they active only gave them a place in the uh, in the speaker's chair but uh, nambudri part separated out the parts muslim dominated parts of the districts of palakkad and Korikod, Caligate, to yeah. create the state and parts of Trishur to create the state of Malapuram. Which yeah, is Malapuram the, is like, yes, yeah. the Muslim majority that even now the only Muslim majority uh, for now, the only Muslim majority district in Kerala. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> so that that is the first foundation of Mapala exceptionalism. I would call it Mapala exceptionalism or Muslim exceptionalism in Kerala. I don't want to be uh, I mean, I don't want to be bigoted uh, in the term using the word mapla too much, but yeah. I am Muslim exceptionalism. Yeah. So that is the cornerstone on which all the other normalization of is- Islamic projects started, right? But the Muslim League was always and continues to be in many levels. The, the alliance between the CPM, the Communist Party of India, Marxists and the Muslim League never really worked out because they were diametrically opposed to each other in the social situation in the district of Malapuram, in the district of Caligat, and in the other Muslim-dominated areas of the state, because they communists were primarily a party of the Hindus, as I have said again. Right. right? And right. they had and they had a, a very prominent um, Muslim communists had a very good rapport with lower class Muslims, especially in the I am from the region called Ponani. Uh, yeah. a state city called Ponani in which is now Malapuram. In that region, in that region, they had a very good relationship with the Muslim fishermen of the uh, uh, in that region, which they supported the Communist Party and the Communist Party supported them. Mm-hmm. They, as I said, the Communist Party is not opposed. As EMS said, the Communist Party is not opposed to the practice of religion in itself. Right? They might be atheists, but they are okay with other people doing whatever they want, and they have that sort of good rapport with the Muslim fishermen of that region, with the people of that region, Muslims of that, especially the world-class Muslims. So the Muslim League was a middle-class uh, Muslims' organization or the conservative Muslims' organization. 
but the uh, lower caste muslims and the progressive muslims which are a brand in kerala by the way there's an active ex muslim organization in kerala uh, oh, wow. and, and 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 so on and so forth so there, there is a progressive trend in the muslim community though it has dimmed in the past couple of years okay. uh, within uh, the kerala muslim society so those society sections of society actively supported the communists and you will see that the the, uh, the communists always prided themselves of being true secularists right mm-hmm. they they derided the congress for associating themselves to the muslim league which they have on and off called a communist party communalist party right a communalist party so okay. <laughs> they are the true secularists as the projectors of true secularism the communist party is the opposed to both the forces of islamism and of rss Mm. right or the then the jansang yeah uh, and hindu extremism so they uh, they had a very okay relationship they had sections of the muslim community that supported them but what happened is that i i don't want to go too much into the electoral politics of the last i mean i can speak very thoroughly about the electoral electoral <laughs> politics true that true but, that but yeah we are talking about I the mean, social more of a social yeah. issues yeah so uh, how the society changed right Yeah. but the 2001 assembly election in kerala resulted in the defeat of the communist party mm-hmm. and there were multiple causes for it they were expecting to return in record numbers in 2001 but they lost and this led to a rethink in the party and this is my personal analysis i don't know how true this is there's a document uh, by the politburo that was commissioned by the communist party cpm's politburo about the uh, communist party's uh, failure in 2001 and it blamed the inability of the Uh, communist party to co-opt uh, sections of the minority community that had become rich due to the gulf boom right so the muslim businessmen who became a result of the gulf boom supported the conservative muslim parties of muslim league and the congress etc and the communist party did not have traction with them this pushed them this i think pushed them uh, this this sort of this thing they sensed right the communists are really good at political they are really good at they the their hold on kerala society yeah. is unrivaled <laughs> and this political pulse was sensed by them and it is at that point that you know penarai was the electricity minister in the government that did not fail to get reelected he became an uh, secretary uh, later on a kerala state secretary and when he became state secretary he moved uh, towards a more uh, to increasing the strength of the communist party by co-opting more sections of society and it is at this point that you see the broader demographic changes ha- happening as well right the demographic consequences in the past 40 50 years coming into play especially now right. with the increase in the number of the muslim community in the state so obviously you if you want to be an if you want to be successful in electoral politics you need to be able to take a significant section of the votes of the muslims as well especially yeah. because they tend to vote in groups right they are not uh, fractionally divided as say the hindu communities as much as the hindu communities true that true that so this, bang on this right? yeah so this led to the uh, active push from the communist party's end to co-opting the islamists and this was facilitated by penarai vijayan who is the most real politic person out there especially when unless and until his ego comes in this way he comes in his way till okay. then he is the most a machine politician who will practice the most realistic kind of politics right so unless his ego comes in the way that's very important disclaimer okay so so panarai decided that 
പിണറായി ഡിസൈഡിനെ പിണറായി പുഷ്ഡ് ഇൻ ദ പാസ്റ്റ് ടെൻ ഫിഫ്റ്റീൻ ഇയേഴ്സ് ടുവേഴ്സ് കോഓപ്ഷൻ ഓഫ് ഇസ്ലാമിസം ആൻഡ് ആസ് ഇസ്ലാമിസ് ഗോട്ട് മോർ കോഓപ്റ്റഡ് ദേ ഓൾസോ ഗെയിൻ മോർ പവർ and due to social trends within the muslim community especially after 2014 for obvious reasons they turned towards more and more radical organizations which led to a vicious cycle developing right the further further the bjp continued to enjoy success in the national level the more alienated the muslims of kerala felt and the more uh, radical they became in their approach to state politics leading to even 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 leading to the communists having to co-opt more and more radical persons which they did with reckless abandon they right. have i would say this this party has comp- I, i mean i am a former communist and i would say that the this communist party of masses and cpm under panarai vijayan has compromised itself with radical islamists like no other organization in the state i mean other than congress who is i mean anyway uh, in multiple <laughs> levels the way congress. you see rahul gandhi uh, yeah, yeah, supporting yeah. Every- and then right. and then you know like uh, stopping stopping his uh, whole bharat jodo yatra on one particular day when you know pfi Which had uh, the day that yeah. pfi decided yeah <laughs> yeah so, so, yeah, so, so I, i think congress when it comes to congress i think congress has become this illusion they really don't know what they want what they stand for uh, but you know here here i would like to interject as to i think uh, don't you think that uh, the current communist leadership is committing a mistake by co-opting with the radical uh, you know uh, uh, faction of of uh, of of a muslim society in kerala and also kind of you know he kind of tinkered with the whole shabrimala thing you know and we saw the kind of attempts uh, to again desecrate a sacred place by the communists and he kind of supported that don't you think that it had a wider impact on the hindu society of kerala and also how the moderate muslims you know all the muslims who just want to get on with their life and keep their religion as a private affair how they are reacting to this whole thing the journey which is happening in the, in the kerala society i am keeping bjp currently out of it because i don't think that bjp is gaining as much you know they expect to maybe it's more of a chatter in, in on on social media but still uh, i just want to understand the current churning the mistakes uh, committed by uh, pinner vijay uh, the current government as to with respect to the radical islam and with respect to the whole shabrimala thing and then also the tamangpur uh issue uh, the temples uh, uh, uh padmanabha uh, swami temple uh, issue the court verdict which came out with respect to you know uh, uh, the control of temple funds and the management of the temple itself basically given back to the travancore uh, travancore uh, 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 royal family uh, so yeah quite a long question but yes <laughs> so i actually would place that in two different contexts right the islamist question i think is completely separate from what happened to shabrimala yeah so i just speak about the islamist question right i don't think that he thinks that he is making a mistake and i am i think it's too early to say that it's a mistake from my view because i am a, a nationalist and a hindu who does not wish to see islamists uh, gaining more political power but from his perspective i think he can do monkey balancing he, he uh, and he will do it he will balance 
these things out eventually by taking action under UAPA and uh, most likely arresting some PFI cadre here and there. Because the, um, by the way, the communist cadre in many levels is very anti-Islamist, some of them. Okay. Even okay. though there are Islamists among them, there are Understood. elements of the communist party's cadre and organization that is opposed to the Islamism. That is not happy with the sort of push that is happening also. Hmm. So we should keep that in mind. Yeah. And I do think that there will be a moment of reckoning because the, the, the communists are trying to be a big tent party, right? Which they are trying to co-opt all sections of society, including the Christians, into a singular Kerala framework, which is very hard to achieve. And it is only being achieved at this point because Penarai is unquestioned within the most politically powerful organization within Kerala. But I do not think sans Panarai, this organization would be able to stand on its own legs with the positions it has on various issues right now. Mm-hmm. That is a more complicated question for me to get into. But I think that I think that the mistake that he is making, that the CADF, even I feel elements of the CADF feel or elements of uh, the communist organization might feel, I think they have to learn to live with it. I have learned to live with it. Uh, and uh, I think, I think, I mean, I, I have no skin in the game and I have, I have, I mean, I have no skin in the game, so I can't really say that, but, uh, they, 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 it is, it is just as we, as we can probably say, just in the wisdom of Sri Panarai Vijayan, just like we say, it is just in the wisdom of <coughs> Sri Narendra Modi, just in the wisdom of yeah. Sri Panarai Vijayan, what we perceive to be mistakes might not be mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. We do not, I do not know enough to say that point blank, he is committing a mistake for the, for his political power. But I think he is making a mistake with respect to the long-term viability of the communist party in Kerala. And he, and he is making a much larger mistake to the uh, constituents that he is governing. Yes. So that is, he's definitely making that mistake, but all the, every politician regardless of where they are, are concerned with conserving their political power in one way or the other, right? We should offer the right incentives to them to do the right things is how I feel. Right. I am a, I mean, I mean, my perspective is that of a uh, <laughs> idealist when it comes to these scenarios, because there's no other way to think about it. No, absolutely. Opinion. Because uh, I like my view, my view on this whole thing, you know, which, which actually changed a lot post 2019 elections is that, uh, you have to co-op politicians. You have to kind of have the kind of lobbying efforts with them, because in the end, uh, they are turned politicians do not represent a society, do, do not represent a community, uh, except during voting. You know, voting uh, 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 patterns maybe. You know, uh, but but they but they kind of they, I mean, for them, the political power matters more. Uh, rather than a cultural issues or social issues, you know, they they will speak on it unless and until there is a push from a particular section of a society. So I absolutely agree with you on this. Uh, so this is where we actually come to the question of Shabrimala. I'll just yeah. answer that as well. Yeah. So Shabrimala, and this is why I put the disclaimer there about his ego, right? Mm-hmm. His ego came in the way. When Shabrimala happened, he actually felt uh, that his positioning that the Supreme Court judgment should be implemented as a, <clears throat> excuse me. No problem. Excuse me. So uh, he, the, the sir, I don't want to go into the situa- uh, dynamic too much, but he yeah, yeah. essentially felt 
the pushback coming from the hindu community uh, was against him and his ego felt in, insulted oh. and the more he pushed the more the more the response was and the more the response was the more he wanted to push which is why he did everything that he did i don't want to delve into it because it it's no, no, it's, true that it's, because that's not a topic a very also. bad uh, it's a very bad phase for my life so i don't want to talk oh, about no, it no no i totally understand i totally understand but, it and i understand but, the kerala hindus and many sections of the southern southern india hindus of southern india the kind of feeling they have for the sacred place such as shabri mala and the kind of pains they went through the whole episode uh it's just that i want to understand how the kerala society is churning right now or is the churning happening or it's just a, you know kind of noises some noises from the eco chambers on the sm you know that's that's my uh, main uh interest i have in the currently in 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 kerala in the kerala society okay so with respect to uh see shabrimala was a short term phenomenon whatever happened in shabrimala the response to it was given to the communists in the 2019 general elections where they where they completely got wiped out in multiple ways the voting percentage of them their voting percentage dropped down to 34% meaning congress alone had 36% of the vote ldf together all the parties together had 34% uh, of the vote i think and the congress alone had 36 the udf had 49% of the vote and the uh, the point difference i think was 12 points or so between the uh, between the 37% sorry ldf had 37% yeah. so there was a 12 point difference between the how much vote the ldf got and how much vote the udf got and you must also account for the fact that they backpedaled a lot of the shabrimala stuff in the run up to the election anyway uh, i think that the shabrimala churn electorally is done for but the as we can see in the 21 elections where shabrimala everybody the congress actively tried to make shabrimala issue but failed right, right so i right. think the shabrimala spectacle is done done right yeah. the whatever panarai's ego got enough of a flip until 2019 and lost it out in 2019 general election he was like fine i'm com- going to compromise on this issue and he <laughs> compromised on this issue yeah, yeah yeah the party did actually in the end. yeah so so i mean that is done for but there yeah. is a larger chain churn happening and that larger churn is happening due to the continued success of the bjp at the national level and the continued radic- increasing radicalism by the muslims in the state which is pushing both christians and hindus to one side yeah and that. Uh, more of a social churn than a political churn right now yeah right? yeah so you know on so, this point you won't believe yeah. uh so i was working in my previous organization and uh there was this my colleague and he was from kerala and uh, he was a christian and he was you can say uh you know uh quote unquote cutter supporter of uh bjp in kerala you know and that was surprising to me actually you know that how because see usually i would say average christians also do not perceive bjp you know as kind of a party uh, you know though bjp has co-opted lot many christians in many states if we can say see in the northeast in goa as well they have co-opted the christians very well and they understand they, they also kind of understand you know their their issues and you know cope. but but on an average the muslims in 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 the metro circles in the metro cities they kind of perceive again a bjp as an anti christian and an anti minority party and when i met this person uh this theory of mine kind of you know uh 
you know, went for a toss. That guy from Kerala, I mean, from Kerala, he's a Christian and he was a cutter supporter of BJP. You know, so <laughs> just adding on to your so, point, you know, how Christians and Hindus are moving towards, maybe not moving, but kind of, you know, slowly, slowly kind of waning away from the Congress, maybe shifting to a BJP camp in, in, in Kerala. So, uh, you know, people like that, Christians who support BJP are called Krisangi in uh, Malayalam. Okay. Yeah. So, but uh, see, that is a very, there are people like that, but this is a very limited amount of people. There are people, definitely a minority among minorities, but uh, it's more of a social churn. It's a more of a, and there's a lot of divisions within the church, too many divisions within the church and too many politics interplay between the various churches of Kerala for us to viably say that the Christians are moving towards BJP. Or towards the or moving away from the Congress, I would say it's more of a fear, right? A more of a fear of the increasing dominance of the Muslim trade community in the trade circles, in the wholesale business, in the economy of Kerala, because the Christians so, had a outsized role to play, and that is in some ways getting not some ways it is getting diluted progressively, which is leading to fear. I don't know to what extent that how it will help the BJP. I think that there are multiple issues that the BJP Kerala unit internally needs to deal with before we can speak very authoritatively about that. And I think, you know, that will be a different podcast altogether. Yeah, yeah, true that. Absolutely. 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 As you are focusing on communism more. I'll just say this, I'll just add on to this point, right? About how Christians and communists are working together. Yeah. So the communists actively quoted the Christians in the run up to the 21 elections, right? And a section of the Kerala Congress party, Kerala Congress is the regional Congress faction that left in the 60s and later is basically the party of the Christians and Nayas of Central Travancore. Uh, there are multiple factions of the Kerala Congress and the most prominent faction is the Kerala Congress Mani. They experienced an internal split uh, in 21 after the death of K.M. Mani, which is the one of the great doyens of in Kerala politics. So he, after his death, there was a split between the senior leader PJ Joseph and K. Mani's son, Jos K. Mani. Jos K. Mani left to the LDF, the left democratic front, which uh, left, which in turn led to a lot of uh, reorientation in Kerala politics because K. Mani uh, famously backstacked the communists in the 80s and left for the UDF, uh, to the Congress allies. So since then, you know, for the past 30 years, it's been going one way. The Christian, conservative Christian vote has been going one way. But this sort of slight realignment led to some sections of the Christians voting for the uh, Communist Party as well. Not major sections. Initially, when the CPM won the way they won 99 seats, many, I, many expectations was that a lot of the Christians moved away from the Congress, but they, they still prominently vote for the Congress. But there is a section among, there is a larger section among Christians that are willing to support the Communist Party, including the establishments themselves, because they see both short-term and medium-term benefits in cooperating with the ruling establishment, especially when Congress hasn't returned to power and they didn't feel like the Congress was going to return to power in 21. And the Muslim League, ka, Muslim League's outsized influence within the Congress had led to a lot of issues coming up in their last term under Uman Chandi. So that sort of played in their mind 
there was an 8020 uh, scholarship issue so these issues kind of pushed some elements of the establishment christians to vote for the communists and the establishment i would say have a very cooperative element with both the communist party in uh, kerala and the bjp government in the center so they're very good at cooperating and making sure their side of things get done so that is also there uh, with respect to how the communists have successfully under penarai they have able to successfully work with the church as well because they always had from the beginning from the fact that they part actively participated in the liberation struggle right the church always had an antagonistic relationship with the communists because they are atheists <laughs> yeah so that element has uh, changed because i would say communists in kerala are as i said very real politic and they don't really and they're not advocating for they're not revolutionaries in the traditional sense they are democratic socialists there are revolutionary elements among them there are definitely radicals among them communist radicals revolutionaries among them especially exposed by the sabrimala issue True but but they are they are practicing real politic right and they they wish to gain power and rule and get their people into universities and um, you know i don't know if you know about these controversies but there are a lot of controversies about how the wives of major cpm leaders are appointed as professors in universities oh, are appointed into major positions in public sector units so they they have become a you know they are the patrons of kerala society right they they dole out the power and political power in enough quantities for it to be useful to the society to kerala to to kerala and it it works for them like they are not they are not there to change the system they are to use the system to their benefit so that's what they are successfully doing true that true that i totally agree with that i think i think uh, with this i totally understand as to why communism is successful because they were able to understand the pulse of the society they 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 took out uh, right issues right social issues and they also believed in taking it to a logical end which you know again you when you do this you gain trust of lot many social groups and they did that and they still have that kind of capability and and as you said i mean uh, this 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 makes absolute sense that they were real politic and they understand the pulse of the society they understand the pulse of the people as the current bjp also do on a national level and that's the reason why they are winning state out of state and the national elections as well which congress don't do Uh, which Congress has totally become disillusioned in their own hubri, uh, uh, you know, hubris, I guess. So, Anand, you know, concluding the concluding our podcast, I have one last point, uh, you know, uh, to make, and uh, want to know your view on this. As to you know, my view is that, as you said, you know, the churning is happening, and I understand that uh, Kerala society is evolving. but where in which direction it will go of course uh, I, i'm 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 totally uh, you know oblivious to this but what is your view on this like you know uh, the rise of radical islam there uh, uh the how how the overturn window of the indian politics is shifting towards hindutva you know due to the rise of bjp and narendra modi and more leaders it will come post modi uh how do you see the kind of effects that going to have in the kerala society uh and where the kerala polity you know will be going towards in future i think that 
fundamentally we are moving towards a, a time of a lot of division uh, a lot of division in the sense that not just among uh, primarily among communal lines yes but yeah. among lines of allegiance as to how to respond to islamism as well right because there's a churn happening within the muslim community of kerala as well and right. how that turns out is a question in itself but i think broadly speaking as things become more radical and the mean of society as mean as the average person turns against the violence that the uh, radical organizations like pfi want to perpetuate in kerala it will only lead to uh, greater uh, opposition i feel uh, among the hindus and christians of kerala and definitely sections of the muslim community who are opposed to this the problem is the muslim community uh, i mean there's an internal dynamic within the muslim community that needs to solve for itself right, right but right. Uh, more importantly it it also depends how the how the hindus and christians of kerala respond oh. to the increasing radicalization or is it still going to be the dynamic of radical hinduism versus radical radical hindutva versus radical islamism the way that you know the um, secular communist would like to portray Yeah. i think the that dynamic will yeah, that dynamic won't work for a long time because i see look at the if you look at the surveys the prime minister personally has a significant amount of support a double the amount of support that the state party enjoys the bjp state party enjoys right. which essentially means that there is support for the elements of what hindutva and the bjp represents in kerala right true, so that support whether or not it transformed to votes it is leading to social change it is leading to uh, a, a a political representation of another kind of politics that is different from the sort of politics that are, that kerala has seen which is the same sort of politics we have seen in the past 30 years so it also depends on how the communist party responds to uh, the of to post penarai right just like we speak of uh how the bjp is dominating kerala penarai is dominating kerala mm-hmm. right now and okay. uh, sorry how bjp is dominating india we just india, speak yeah. uh, similarly kerala is being dominated by penarai and cpm so how will cpm politics turn out uh in the next 10 years right mm-hmm. i think elementally there is a there is an internal tension significant amount of internal tension with how the communist party is being run and when you are in power the tensions that are boiling under the surface tend to creep up and up and the more the incumbency goes on uh, the more the tensions will increase so there is a very big elemental difference between how uh, you know people sometimes say that penarai is mundurta modi or modi who wears a mundu but that is not true because the prime minister enjoys personal popularity and love right the right, support right. that the pers- prime minister enjoys is not born out of fear or True not that. born out of respect right True obviously that. people respect him obviously that is there but the the love is there there's a there's an am- amount of you know fanatical support that yeah, is yeah, listened yeah. by a leader who is Absolutely. standing up to like the the perception of you know standing up to forces the the perception that he has among the general public is is pure popularity like pure love right pure in many love. ways yeah yeah pure love i yeah. mean i mean love as to you know as to the, the guy i mean 
I don't know. I will equate Modi uh, with Gandhi. You know, because the kind of the kind of spell which Gandhi ji had on the masses when it comes to the freedom struggle, no political leader had that except Modi. You know, like we are going we are going to speak. We are going to divide India into I, I guess three part, two parts. You know, sorry, three parts. Uh, pre Gandhi, post Gandhi, then post Modi, and post, post Modi. Modi, yeah, yeah, post yeah. Modi. You know, yeah, we are going to divide the Indian Indian politics into this three uh, definitive moments. Yeah, yeah. You know, for the rest of our lifetimes, we are going to talk about this man. Those yeah, man yeah. true that, and the kind of effect is going to have. You know, in the in yeah. the Indian politics, that's for sure. So just like that. How does the Communist Party do post Penarai? Right, the fear that the the, the Penarai's—I wouldn't Penarai is loud by some. There's no doubt he's loud and loud by some, but he's he's more of he's more feared and more respect born out of fear than respect born out of love. I wouldn't say he enjoys the mass popularity that many other communist leaders like Achyutanandan even now do. Yeah. Right, he he doesn't enjoy the affection. of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and when you do and and he is not achieving anything right i don't i don't i i do not i cannot honestly tell you what panarai vijayan has achieved in terms of progress has achieved in terms of the communist goals so when you do not have this when you are sweating away in my opinion you are just ruling and you are not really governing and you are trying to do very shady things with respect to your promotion of your son in law mm-hmm. it it changes what the party is right and the mm-hmm. internal patronage mechanisms how they are working i am very i have personal experiences that oh make God. me doubt the internal okay. patronage mechanisms and how they are working mm-hmm. i i feel that there is a moment of reckoning for the communist party and that will determine how kerala politics goes on because it is not there's a lot of social churn happening against the anti islamist movement but there's also a sort of churn happening within the communist state unit as well mm-hmm. so that that how that turns out is going to be very important and i think on and on and on i think on, on overall i think that it is kerala politics is uh, three phases right you can say pre um, there are three phases to kerala politics we can say before the formation of the two fronts and uh, from 2016 onwards from the 2016 assembly election onwards since bjp has become a viable force in kerala mm-hmm. there is the third phase of kerala politics in the past 30 years and that this new phase has a lot of uh, uh, instability about it and i think in the in coming 10 years especially if you if i mean i don't know how long panarai is going to be there especially after post panarai there's going to be a lot of internal churn within the within state the polity yeah. yes and and that will result i think in a more uh factionalized state uh in the sense that there will be three rings of pass three poles of power and how that turns out it's all up in the air i don't want to say that how politics will go but socially i can tell you for sure yeah that yeah social turn will result in 
more division and because of the demographics the divisions will result in more and more violence at le- many at micro level and macro level mm-hmm. right just like you saw recently with the pfi hartal oh yeah and the more the violence the more the division increases the and that will lead to more and more of a segregation right true that and i think i think i think this is very natural way of uh, where uh, the things will head out uh, because you have one force who do not want to you know a kind of control themselves or maybe you know try to work uh among you know different ideologies which the country uh, uh country like us or a diverse country like us you know uh presents uh so i think the opposition is but natural you know and there has to be opposition i think i think my view is that rad- radical islam or the other the the, the the fanatics are more dangerous because because they have faced the radical islamism has faced opposition from uh their own people in arabic nations you know which was the birthplace yeah. of islam itself the reason yeah the reason why why you have the monarchy in saudi arabia the monarchies in uh, the dictatorship in, uh, in in egypt or you had it in iraq syria and currently in syria you had it in libya is because they were totally opposed to the version which which muslim brotherhood propounded when it comes to governing the muslim society and they were right yeah. also if you can see that they were right and we know how muslim brotherhood cooperated with the usa and how you know they all played yeah, all that churn happened you know all that churn happened right and in the end the monarchies were right monarchies were right the the dictators the gaddafi uh, of course not saying that they don't those those autocratic elements do not have their own disadvantages but i think they understood in the end what will happen if we allow the free reign of muslim brotherhood or the other radical islam uh, islamist organization so i think if it happens in kerala like for example in the, this this whole thing this pfi thing which is currently unraveling itself and thankfully the government of india realized that they have to take some action on them and kerala being a launching pad of pfi had a lot of good people worry as to what will happen in state in future if they are not controlled or no action you know taken on them and unfortunately we have this one political party you know where they don't understand as to where society is moving and they kind of you know stop their bharat jodo supposed bharat jodo yatra at that one particular day which is again you know i don't know what to say on this but yeah uh so yeah, and thank thanks a lot yeah for coming and you know gracing our channel on this and speaking on this very important very interesting topic and provide a very you know uh amazing view on how the kerala society function because you know out there people have lot of misconceptions about keralaites and on the kerala society you know that that is i think unfortunate because personally i have a very positive view about it except that you know i used to worry about how the demographic thing will work in kerala and how good people of kerala will going to face you know that kind of thing in future uh, but again lot lot like like you know how it happens with bengali because you know bengali is because yeah. again the state falls into <laughs> not into umbrella of you know bjp and that and they they they, they are, 
I mean, the, the perception these people have some issues, you know. Kuch to screw dila inka, you know, that kind of perception people has got. But I, I do not suffer from that. And I always respected the Kerala society, uh, the way they function themselves, and the kind of you know, cool way the Kerala society, you know, kind of uh, stays, you know, like, and especially the kind of movies which are coming out from Kerala, from the Malayalam cinema. You know, of course, you can have your uh, political views on it, or you may oppose certain, uh, you know, social messaging which is coming across. But I think when it comes to the stories which are coming out of uh, Malayalam cinema, is amazing. Like I recently watched Minal Murali, and let me tell you, that was the first movie, first Malayalam yeah. movie which I watched, and I was okay. totally, you know, I was totally, I was like, wow, this is so amazing, you know, the story, <laughs> the kind of. I mean, it was a good movie, you know, for me, especially the villain. I totally love the villain, the way the director, you know, framed the villain and his emotions and everything. So I think they are coming out with great stories, and again, as you said, the churning is happening uh, in in yeah. Kerala, and I hope uh, some positive developments will happen. Uh, so yeah, again, thanks a lot for gracing our channel, and I do request our guest to please uh, follow Anant on Twitter. I'll be posting his handle in the description of our podcast uh, of this episode. and also he also you know visit lot many podcast channels some big ones like bharat varta like baat uh, as i said earlier uh, run by uh, aryan jain and recently he has you know recorded a latest episode with him on another very interesting topic which is again a point of discussion currently in the media as well as you know uh, in the sm as well so do chime in as to uh, what it is and what are the issues and the future about it so again uh i know i'm repeating this line again uh, anand but again i mean this was i mean it's it's a moment of disbelief for me that you came because i was listening you uh, since a long time especially on bharat varta a lot and when the recent uh, you know uh, elections happened in kerala and when, when again you know yeah. and you guys are on banger like you know pin pinri vijay is going to win and that happened and that too with huge numbers so again thank yeah. you so much again for coming on to my channel and i really hope that you will grace our channel again in future for more interesting topics yes thank you thank you so much sir it was a pleasure being here thank you thank you so much anand and that's it guys we are ending our podcast and we'll again come up with some interesting uh, episode maybe in you know uh two or three weeks uh, so meanwhile do listen to this episode give your provide your views and uh, do subscribe to our channel with the watch podcast on spotify and google podcast thank you <music>